0: if you're getting this message it means we were successful once again in getting past the jammers and are now broadcasting on pirate radio from the free state of texas stand by for more critical information to follow many boffins died getting this message yeah. all right we're live we've been talking for an hour already about completely unrelated stuff <laughs> <laughs> so we're kind of we were kind of depressing each other with, I don't even want to bring it up, but bad things.
1: Uh, we've Probably a good call. About.
0: Yeah. Now we're all bummed out and depressed, so we want to actually get back to what I, I guess, said we were going to talk about last week, but now we're, uh, we pushed it to this week. We're going to talk about uh, Nikola Tesla and some of his inventions. And I guess Greg's done some research on this. I've done a little bit of research Um uh, So, I guess, do you got anything for us, Greg? Uh, Do you have, like, a background, or do you want me to look up a uh, kind of a background in Nikola Tesla? How do you want to
1: do this? No, I I guess I could go into a background. All right. Um, He should be, in today's world, he should be, like, a darling of people. He's a Serbian immigrant. Um. By all accounts, it looks like he was pretty much a genius, um, even over there. And then uh, came over here and started working with Edison, which I think was probably his first mistake. (laughs) And depending on where you read, where you get your information from, he left Edison for several different reasons and, uh, started going out on his own. And then, uh, basically just got taken advantage of by everybody. It's yeah. a very biased rundown, I guess.
0: <laughs> he got screwed. The The poor immigrant guy came over here and got screwed over. Yeah. Imagine yeah. That, right? <laughs> yeah. So he, um, He worked for, I did a little bit. I was watching YouTube videos last night on him and he kind of tangentially worked for Edison, I guess. I don't know if you ever even met the guy at first, right? He was um, working with uh, electrification and maybe was it telephones or something like that?
1: Yeah, Uh, he he started off on telephones. Um, He did start working with, uh Edison was his first employer over here and then uh Edison screwed him out of money so he left
0: right yeah oh that's what it was he was he was working on some sort of project and uh basically there was a difficult problem he had to troubleshoot or fix something and somebody promised him fifty thousand dollars
1: Yep. Yeah, Edison and, did.
0: right. Which was a ton of money back then. It has been like millions now. So, yeah. And then he fixed the problem, whatever it was, and then never got the money. And he's then he right. He left immediately after that, right?
1: According to this Smithsonian website here, uh, Edison told him that once you become a full-fledged American, you'll understand American jokes. <laughs>
0: Great. (laughs) What a great dude. (laughs) Right? I mean, maybe, though. That's a lot of money to promise for fixing some problem. It's hard to imagine whatever he did was worth that amount of money.
1: But, I mean, Edison was working with J.P. Morgan, so he had all the money he needed. (laughs) Maybe. He had had 50 grand. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, then... Every documentary I've ever watched on Tesla has, I don't know, taken, again, obviously it's going to be more biased because it's biographies or documentaries about him, so they want to create him to be a sympathetic character, um, but like the Smithsonian article I read, um, and some of the articles that wanted to debunk the... The Tesla theory, uh, conspiracy theories, uh, basically said like the only thing he ever really accomplished was his work in electricity, which right. I think is complete garbage. Well, uh, our entire world is is running on Tesla ideas.
0: You just mean AC current, or what I else? Mean, like,
1: wireless oh yeah i I mean wireless i mean anything yeah you name it electronic wise like it's and he actually um discovered radio before marconi uh shoot let me find the article i forget why his deal didn't get like it was recognized in 1943 by the united states supreme court that he came up with it first right but by then it's kind of like well too little too late you know
0: yeah on on that because I I remember reading something about him having a remote controlled boat that he demonstrated to the public so he was definitely using radio Um, I don't know if he I don't think he invented radio I think the idea had been out there for quite some time I think the idea was that you had to perfect the technology to be able to transmit uh, Morse code at the time is what they were doing. And then I think what Marconi did is, uh, well, the idea that Tesla thought that radio waves would go in a straight line, which is correct. All radio waves are line of sight. And supposedly Marconi was able to broadcast Morse code uh, beyond the horizon, so from I, I don't remember where it was, but he broadcasted, I believe, from Europe to Canada, uh, a Morse code signal by uh, <clears throat> propagating the signal off the ionosphere, which is something that is possible to do. Uh, as far as like ham radio, that's that's something that you can do with uh, some of the, the larger like 10 meter uh, signals. You can bounce it off the atmosphere if the conditions are correct and you're never going to get a, a perfect uh, repeatable process, but he demonstrated that it was possible. Uh, and I don't think people at the time really understood what radio waves were. Um, so that, that idea of being able to transmit beyond the horizon kind of made Tesla look bad because he thought it was only going to be line of sight. Um, and nobody really understood what was going on they didn't understand necessarily that it was bouncing out the ionosphere uh so and uh so basically radio mark coney gets the credit for doing that and people were much more interested in radio whereas tesla i think was more interested in um propagating uh current through the ground um and somehow completing a circuit back through the atmosphere. Um, And he did demonstrate some of that, uh, where he would be able to like stick light bulbs in the ground and they would illuminate, uh, a significant distance from his power generator. But, um, yeah, that's it, that, that was kind of his big push in the end was to I'm I'm kind of probably stepping on you here, but to be able to send electricity anywhere.
1: I'm I'm pulling up the article here. Um, let's see. This is from Smithsonian Magazine. Um, so he invented his uh, Tesla coil. uh, By the turn of the 20th century, Uh, was capable of generating high voltages and frequencies leading new forms of light, such as neon and fluorescent, as well as x-rays. He also discovered that the Tesla coils made it possible to send and receive radio signals, to which he filed for American patents in 1897, beating Marconi. Okay. Um, however, um, he was working on uh, his big tower in uh, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Morgan pulled the the money. He pulled the funding. Right. And that's when Marconi beat him.
0: Oh, so, okay. I didn't put that together. I thought that tower was for uh, sending electricity, but that, that tower was for radio waves, is what it's saying. I mean, it was
1: to do basically both. Like, he, his idea was that he could send electricity like across the ocean have like free energy for yeah. everybody and he could also send radio waves to like you could you know redirect it essentially yeah and Morgan pulled the funding right which
0: it kind of it so I'm more pessimistic on Tesla as far as some of the bolder predictions, as far as the wireless electricity. um, I don't necessarily see how that could possibly work. Uh, But, I mean, it wasn't ever tested, so we don't know, right? I mean, theoretically, I don't think it's possible, but, you know, he was in the process of actually testing the idea, and like you said, he got shut down before he was even... uh, complete or his project was complete so it could be a conspiracy or it could just be that you know his funders weren't necessarily seeing a result um yet so it's kind of unfortunate that we didn't see him test that out
1: i've seen studies done where they've tried it on a smaller scale like not anything like trans oceanic or anything mm-hmm. and it's worked and I'm not smart enough, science mind to, you know, say, oh, well, if you extrapolate that out to a much bigger, oh, you know, broadcasting or transmission standpoint, like it would work. I have no idea. But yeah, well, in it theory, is a, the idea does work.
0: It does, it does, because you can, if you go um, like underneath the high tension power line. You can put uh, fluorescent bulbs into the ground, and just the the uh, electromagnetic uh, energy coming off of those lines will uh, induce a current into the bulb, and they'll actually glow. So that's that's kind of the the idea. Is if you get a strong enough voltage, then you can uh, induce an electromagnetic current in something else at a distance, but The problem is it drops off with the, uh, the inverse square law. So Mm -hmm. one over D squared. So, you know, it drops off dramatically at, at distance. So in order to get something that would transmit power around the world, you'd have to have unbelievable amounts of, uh, power at the generating stations, which, I mean, you just have so much loss there that it's not not really feasible and just from my perspective
1: you would almost you basically just need um like a retrans
0: yeah and that's i think that was his plan is he was going to put up uh stations all around all around the globe but still the distances there um and just the amount of electromagnetic energy in the air i i don't know i mean it's it's certainly possible um but like that that one over d squared that that inverse law is just it's hard to uh you'd have to have it'd be like um cell towers i guess you'd have to have just these power uh transmission points everywhere and you get so much loss as opposed to running the the power through a wire um If you you run it through a a copper wire and aluminum wire, there's just way less energy loss um, than running it through the air. Um, I think that was just because radio and magnetism, electromagnetism was so poorly understood at that time. Um, I mean, these guys were basically doing magic. (laughs) They were making machines that would do this crazy stuff. Uh, because nobody understood the the principles um where was i going with that um it's going somewhere with that <laughs> as far as generating and transmitting power over distances um yeah i think just transmitting it by a wire you get a lot less uh loss than through the air so you just need to generate tremendous amounts of power to transmit through the air. I mean, so you see you see um an example of this wireless power transfer with uh do you have those like with an iPhone and well, pretty much all modern phones now, you can just set your phone on a charger, a wireless charger and it'll uh it creates a magnetic magnetic field in the charger that then induces a current in the phone and then it charges the phone so that that is an example of wireless power transfer Uh, but if you take your phone and you move it two inches away from the charger it may or may not most likely it won't uh, be able to charge the phone and if you move it a foot away there's no way it's going to do it Um, that's that's kind of an example of that that inverse square law Um, And there's probably other technologies in that charging block that actually detects when the phone is close enough and it'll shut off if it's at a distance, but it's, it's still, that's, that's an example of wireless uh, power transfer.
1: Right. And I think if you, I mean, it's kind of like with Wi-Fi too though, like some houses you need to have a, uh, a repeater basically Mm -hmm. to receive the, and I think you could get by I don't know the distance issue with just putting up repeaters, hmm i.e. cell towers.
0: Yeah, exactly. It would just be it would be so inefficient because you'd just be you'd be uh just sending so much power into the void that you know only a tiny fraction of it would be used whereas with uh, direct cables running to your house it's it's only a, a fraction you know 20 percent, something like that is lost to just the electromagnetic loss through the lines yeah um and heat as well uh, but these guys didn't really understand that at the time so you know it is they demonstrated that it was possible to send power through the air And you can't blame the guy for having this grandiose vision of just free power everywhere on earth. Um, and I I think that, oh, that was the, the other thing. So the ionosphere wasn't fully understood at the time. And I think part of Tesla's idea was that if you sent enough current through the ionosphere, it would actually, uh, create an arc and I, I don't know exactly how that works, but he thought that if you sent enough current through the ionosphere, it would stabilize and the resistance would drop significantly. Um, so then you kind of complete a circuit with his towers, uh, the ground to be buried in the ground. And then you'd get a connection between the, his tower and the ionosphere and it would create this almost lossless circuit. Um, which is, that's all beyond me, but it's possible. I mean, it, it was possible, I guess, if you, if they would have just tested it.
1: Yeah, it's, I don't think they wanted to.
0: Yeah. And I can see the conspiracy angle on this too, shutting him down. Cause if that, if that was possible, then, you know, there were other interests building more conventional means of transmitting electricity that would have completely been put out of business.
1: Let me read this quote to you. All right. And see what you think about that. As soon as completed, it will be possible for a businessman in New York to dictate instructions and have them instantly appear in type at his office in London or elsewhere. He'll be able to call up from his desk and talk to any telephone subscriber on the globe without any change, whatever, in the existing equipment. An inexpensive instrument, not bigger than a watch, will enable its bearer to hear anywhere on sea or land, music or song, the speech of a political leader, the address of an eminent man of science, or the sermon of an eloquent clergyman, delivered in some other place, however distant. In the same manner, any picture, character, drawing, or print can be transferred from one to another place. Millions of such instruments can be operated from but one plant of this kind."
0: That's, that's amazingly prophetic. I mean, the guy clearly was a visionary. Right. I mean, the, the, to think about that perspective, he would not have been surprised at all with what we're doing right now, except for the fact that we're not preachers or eminent <laughs> politicians or <Right>. scientists. <laughs> he would, you'd be like, wait, what? This is not what I envisioned, but Damn, I mean that guy would not have been surprised at all to see the technology today. He would have been surprised probably that it hadn't gone farther, but right. so far ahead of his time. He was. Yeah, I was like
1: uh, late eighteen nineties when so, he said
0: that. So he was a hundred and I mean, whatever, a hundred years ahead of his time. Yeah. And just imagine how frustrating that would have been to yeah to see, and he was creating things that could potentially do that and he can see where this was going with such clarity because that's exactly where it went and then to right. not be able to realize that I man I can't even imagine how frustrating that would be
1: well and to your point earlier where you know they at that time most people thought it was magic you know I think that's where he gets kind of a bad rap where they think that you know he was kind of crazy, and just got lucky with a lot of this stuff. But I mean that that quote right there, like you said, perfectly encompasses like cell phones and internet and everything that we have now. And, and that
0: could be where some of the confusion comes from, um, because he envisioned radio waves traveling all around the earth with repeaters. I mean, that's basically what he was doing with those towers, that idea, but the, where it gets wonky is where he thinks he can transmit power. Um, but his ideas were all, I mean, if you had the confusion between electromagnetism, um, it, it, where in some aspects, in some ways you can transmit power or short distances, um, but, with information you can transmit it anywhere all across the globe so he was kind of muddling those those two ideas together at the same time where if he would have just focused exclusively on transmitting signals or developing uh wireless you know telephones i mean he might have made some crazy leaps like that he was working on it he was creating these the very technologies we're using today it's just the implementation of communication devices versus power transfer is where he kind of went awry i guess
1: i think he could have figured it out had he been fully funded and allowed to continue i think he would have figured it out
0: which is entirely possible cuz you think if he's if this guy has you know the physical implementation he's creating these machines and has these ideas you know if you would have given him enough (laughs) enough time and enough funding you know it's it's possible he would have come up with that and maybe that even is in our future as well you know
1: can i read another quote do it yeah it is not a dream It is a simple feat of scientific electrical engineering, only expensive blind, faint-hearted doubting world.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, once again, it's if he was in the 1990s saying that, you know, things, but 1890s, it's just no way, man. Most, you know, how many people in the world even understood what he was doing? It's like, a hundred maybe
1: <laughs> and apparently marconi used 17 of his patents yeah well, to come up with his deal
0: on the the, uh, the patent front he's got so many patents and it, it almost seems like after he was bitten by well, screwed over by tesla or uh, edison he kind of just went patent mad <laughs> just all right nobody's yeah. stealing my ideas and um, they still did.
1: Well, he, because he, um, so Westinghouse, George Westinghouse um, hired him after the Edison debacle. And um, uh, with all his royalties and um, I don't know, whatever you call it. Yeah, let will stick with royalties. I don't know the other mm-hmm. word right now. <laughs> But uh, he would have been like a billionaire. But um, there's lawsuits, and in order to survive, Westinghouse asked him if he could make it like restructure. And then, because Westinghouse had been loyal to Tesla, Tesla tore up the the contract, so he received nothing.
0: That's nuts.
1: Yeah. So he. I mean, he, I will give them that like he's he's not a great businessman. He seems to be a loyal dude, but I mean he basically died penniless.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he was I mean he was living at large too. Like he was racking up million dollar bills at some of the hotels he was living at. Um and just going out and spending money and going to fancy restaurants every night and stuff like that or tesla was so yeah. and that was
1: westinghouse did uh, fund all that like his hotel like basically his living expenditures like even until his death
0: yeah until yeah until uh until he stopped i guess but it does not seem like tesla really cut back on his lifestyle
1: And I guess, so the thing that gets me is if he was just lucky on power transmission or like AC current, sorry, that's alternating current.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, Why did the government go in and confiscate all his stuff, his notes?
0: Yeah. That is really suspicious. Yeah, because he he supposedly had... Um, a bunch of secret work and patents and stuff squirreled away, but then they went and raided his apartment and found nothing. But that is very strange that the government would get involved like that. Oh like well, they found a lot. Crime, Did they? Well, that's true. They may have found a bunch of stuff that we don't know about.
1: Because they, they turned over the things that were quote-unquote nothing to what is now the Nicoleteza uh, Museum. But they they kept quite a bit
0: I, I saw some uh, FOIA documents that were uh, a bunch of handwritten notes and stuff from the, the FBI um, on Tesla but I just did not have the did not have the gumption to actually read all of that stuff um, I don't know if anybody summarized it or if, if you know kind of what what some of those ideas were but
1: no I haven't looked into that I should
0: that's a I mean this whole topic you could just really dive deep into I just I opened up a PDF and it's you know whatever bunch of you know 100 pages long or something with cursive writing and little notes in the margins I'm just like
1: nope I can't do that but maybe that's what I'll do this week. <laughs> we can gonna do a follow-up episode sometime
0: and- he might might go crazy well and that's the thing is the guy he must have been incredibly convincing at the beginning and whether or not it was just the results he was achieving or if it was his salesmanship because you see all these pictures of him you know with electricity arcs you know going into fingertips and lighting up bulbs in his hand and him sitting, reading a book with a Tesla coil, shooting electricity out. I mean, he was a extremely showy guy. And if things like that had never been seen before, it does seem kind of like magic. So, I mean, there's no denying the fact that he was a freaking visionary and a genius, but I think he might've been a little bit too much of a salesman and not enough of a businessman Um, just based on the fact that he got a bunch of funding and then got it cut off and then just went penniless. I mean, it seems like if he had all these patents, he would have been able to recover or set up a business selling electric motors or I, I just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean I agree. I think yeah, I mean I I do agree he was a horrible, horrible businessman. Um he does seem to have gotten taken advantage of by just about everybody or at least wasn't didn't make smart business decisions. And uh, I don't know. He's to me just a fascinating character in history that uh I don't know, I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves.
0: No. And I mean I still I keep going back and like what what did he really what did he make with practical application? Um he had the Tesla coil, right? Yeah, which was basically I think that's just a a capacitor, I think. I'm not sure exactly what the Tesla coil is. And then he developed a uh, uh, alternating current electric motor. Um, I mean, he had like hundreds of patents, but I'm not sure what of those patents actually went into practical application.
1: I mean, I think for him it's more so the ideas the things he was working on. Right. Uh, um, you know, like that quote I just read about, uh, basically, cell phones and the internet. Right. You know? Um, you know, the internet, like, when, when did it first get released to the public in the 90s sometime, like mid-90s maybe? Um, and it was supposedly created by the DOD, well, I mean, who had his ideas? Who had his notes? The government. Right. You know what I mean? So, they easily could have built upon his ideas. And I think they did, and that's why we have all these tiny tracking and monitoring devices in our pockets.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and a lot of A lot of the technology that we have, you know, what's the cell phone um, and a lot of our communication equipment is based on uh, digital signals, which you can send uh, packets of information. Um, It requires a lot less energy. Um, But and the Internet as well requires uh, switching. um, uh, I should I should know more about this, but it requires sophisticated computer technology to make it work. And most of it also is wired. Uh, The internet is most of it is connected by wires. So, I mean, he had the vision of what it could be with his technology and everything going through the air. But uh, once again, the actual, the practical application was, wired technology with you know you get wireless on the the back end on the the output side like wi-fi and um cell phones but um i don't think he could have done what he was planning on doing without more sophisticated electronics um specifically uh digital technology and transistors (laughs) So, it, and, and it may, you know, this very well could, you could imagine that's would drive you crazy if you had this vision of the future, but you just can't implement it with the current state of technology, you know?
1: Yeah. it would drive me crazy. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he was just incredibly ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. But the Tesla coil,
0: it's a electrical resonant transformer circuit Uh, produced high voltage, low current, high frequency, alternating current, a resonator. So radio frequency oscillator. So I think that's the, I'm pretty sure that's the, the fundamental technology involved in radios is that uh, frequency oscillator. And basically you just tune it to the correct frequency, you know, AC frequency and you can get, uh, you know, AM radio from that. Right. Uh, Or, you know, FM radio, whatever you can tune radio waves. So that's, him developing that is the basis for all radio communications, I would imagine, which is pretty impressive. I mean, that alone right there is enough to, you know, for a, a lifetime, lifetime achievement, I would say.
1: Yeah. I think if given full funding and allowed to, you know, keep making progress in, his experience. I think we, we could, he could have achieved a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Yeah. Maybe that's just blind faith. Maybe, I don't know, just being biased, whatever, but. Well, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think he might've been
0: a little bit too eccentric, eccentric, eccentric. I think I'm saying that right. to, to actually be put in charge of a bunch of money cuz you look at somebody like Edison and he's coming out with all these practical applications and he's running a business um i think tesla was trying to go like 10 steps ahead of where things were at the time yeah like i i'm reading stuff and i don't i don't know if it's true or not but I've heard quite a bit of stuff where he was he was having these flashes of like inspiration where just ideas would pop into his head. He would see like weird stuff and hallucinate. Um, He was thinking that he would be able to talk with um, Martians. Um, Which, you know, it makes sense. If if you're creating radio frequencies powerful enough, you'd be able to beam a signal to Mars or aliens. Um, but it seemed like it seemed like he was a, a tad bit crazy. Um,
1: I mean, I feel you have to be a tad bit crazy to be <laughs> an innovator. Yeah. Uh, um, going back to sorry, real quick to. You uh, were talking about practical applications that he did. Uh, See, this is from energy.gov. Let's see here. Remote controls, neon fluorescent lights, wireless transmission, computers, smartphones, lasers, x-rays, and robotics.
0: Hmm. Lasers and computers. I haven't read anything about that. Lasers.
1: He designed the first hydroelectric power plant.
0: That's true. That was one of his visions for the future is that we would generate power from hydroelectric And I think, I think you consulted on um, some sort of hydroelectric power plant in Niagara Falls, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think like arc light technology, which is kind of what uh, fluorescent bulbs are. I mean, that goes along with this Tesla coil create a, just a high voltage arc between two points and it ionizes the, uh, the air or I'm not, you said neon. So did okay. Did you see I actually made neon lights? That's cool. But you know, it's all based off that Tesla coil, right? It's like the Tesla coil and his alternating current motor. I got to read that one. Um, those are the the two big things I can really I really take away from him which are not small things by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so another thing that I just keep I keep looking for and I keep digging. I mentioned it last time is his. Um, he had patents for flying machines. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was like a helicopter thing. Um, yep, I've seen videos like weird videos of that, but I, it never flew. And then supposedly he had a patent or an idea sketched out for like a literally a flying saucer.
1: <laughs> that part's true.
0: Is it? Okay.
1: Guess who he sold it to?
0: Uh, dang. The government? <laughs> no. Guess
1: which government? Uh,
0: the Germans. Correct. Really? That was just he a wild U- guess.
1: Yep, the US government didn't want any part of it. Um, and he wasn't really like beholden to America, so sold it to the German government prior to World War two
0: damn I it's just it blows my mind that he, I mean I've seen sketches and schematics and the theories out there but I don't know where it's coming from and I just don't understand why nobody built a prototype and tested this dang thing I don't or see did it. They? I'm yeah I mean they may have but I guess I haven't dug deep enough to see any of these prototypes, and I don't understand, or at least prototypes being tested, and I don't understand how the dang thing's supposed to work. <laughs> I mean, I'm not <laughs> I'm not a freaking electrical engineer, but I it I don't know.
1: I've read that uh it uses a lot of electromagnetic energy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, depending on how deep into the rabbit holes you want to go. You can look into, like, Project Bluebeam. Right. And, you know, they keep these things hidden, but have them, and we'll use them for that.
0: And, yeah, I mean, so I'm reading, I found this, the same exact... The same exact story on multiple different websites, and I just, it seems fringe and conspiracy related, but it describes the machine. It describes how it's put together. Um, you have, the hull is made of double, uh, made double of thin mach- uh, machinable, slightly flexible ceramic. It's a good insulator. There's no fire damage. Resistor resists any damaging effects to your heat and cold. Blah, blah, blah. They go into all the, each sheet is three to four feet wide. Um, It it describes all of these details about the dang thing. It describes how when it's powered up, it creates like a um, a plasma, (laughs) a plasma on the hull And when you speed it up or slow it down, the color changes. Um, when it's at slow speed, it's orange, yellow, it changes to green and blue at higher speeds. Um, at the highest power levels, it becomes blue or bright white, which that all makes sense from, uh, just a heat perspective, um, and, the the color spectrum, but. And then the highest visible frequency is violet. Yes, of course. And then it would go into ultraviolet. So that's like the color of the hull of this thing when it's being powered up. They talk about the sounds it makes, the whining, the high-pitched whining and buzzing. Uh, Like, where is this coming from? (laughs) It sure sounds like somebody tested this out. Right. But is somebody just making this up? very well could be could be or
1: they've tested it and are keeping it hidden
0: right i still i just don't understand i mean i could i could understand the technology if you've got a high enough electrical current um on the surface um and it somehow grabs onto the atmosphere or the um the magnetic uh, pole, the the magnetic lines of the Earth, and then you could pull it along those, or something like that, would almost make intuitive sense. But yeah, I mean, even even the story. Okay, yeah, it polarizes the column of air in this field. The air becomes icy cold underneath it. You know, it's like, how would you come up with that unless you had tested it? And why is there nothing out there in the mainstream that talks about this? You know, why do I have to go to fringeenergy.com to find this story?
1: (laughs) 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 They they don't, it's forbidden, they don't want it out there.
0: Yeah, to your point, I mean, if the Germans bought it, they were going nuts on, uh, wonder Waffa, whatever they're super weapons. Um, and they were way, way, way ahead of their time with uh, rocket technology. Um, and there's this whole die Glock the bell conspiracy out there supposedly, where the Germans were experimenting with, uh, with something that sounds extremely similar to this, uh, Tesla idea. The the uh, flying saucer, almost exactly like it.
1: Hmm. But and then what happened to <laughs> their lead rocket guy?
0: Yeah, Werner von Brahm or whatever his name is got pulled over in Operation Paperclip.
1: And Crazy how that works out.
0: All of a sudden, the United States has rockets. And goes to the moon and space, you know, Uh, space.
1: (laughs) uh, Debatable.
0: So, I mean, what do you think happened? And why why did the Nazis not capitalize on this if it was an effective um, working prototype?
1: Well, I think they did because when did... So, like, the Roswell crash supposedly happened in what, the 50s?
0: Yeah.
1: What was that, like 51 or 53 or something like that?
0: Yeah, it was in the 50s. I'm not sure when. But.
1: Which is conveniently just a few short years after Von Braun's over here and NASA's created.
0: hmm Right? Yeah.
1: So, like, I think they have that, but I think there's been other things in play that have kept them from just saying, like, oh, yeah, we're testing this You know, flying spacecraft. You know, what... Why not keep the possibility of, like, aliens and space travel a mystery? Keep people subjugated and pacified by this, like, oh, you know, Star Wars could be real. Star Trek could be real. Yeah. And then all they have to do is just create a false flag alien invasion.
0: So... So the rocket program, let's just go conspiracy theory, crazy idea that the whole rocket program was a distraction is what you're saying. It's like showy, fiery rockets. were going to space. Meanwhile, they're perfecting this actual, uh, almost magical, almost. I mean, cause I don't understand how it would work, but it could work. They're perfecting this other uh, program behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, they're basically creating the problem. And then they're going to provide the solution. What they do with everything? They create the problem of, okay, there's space travel. We don't know anything about space. Let's send people up there. You know, a couple of space shuttles blow up. A couple of other things happen. You know, then when the time's right, they can easily just say, oh, there's these astronauts were killed by unknown actors in space. Mm. Let's send Space Force up there. Oh, they're being attacked. Now we're under attack. Project Wimby.
0: <laughs> That's a long game.
1: It is a long game, but when you're looking for world domination, I mean, it's it's all about the long game.
0: That's, hmm. I mean, that's what, um, Brett Weinstein kind of hinted at. He's some sort of popular guy, supposedly developing some sort of uh, new theory of, uh, unifying physics, I guess. Uh, but he thinks it's entirely possible that there's been a hidden hidden program all along working on gravity, anti gravity mm. technology. Because that was a that was a big deal back in the um, I think the '50s, '60s, maybe into the '70s. There was pretty reputable scientists out there saying that um, they had theories about gravity and uh, working on technologies that would be anti gravity there were pretty big programs that uh, prestigious uh, institutions that were working in that. And all of a sudden it just went away. Um, mm. So his, his theory is like, well, if you were going to have an underground Manhattan project, you'd need uh, feeder institutions like MIT. Um, I think Berkeley, and you'd look at the graduates in electrical engineering and physics, the top grads, and then you'd look at where they go to work. And he hinted that that's actually happening and that they're pulling off some of the, the brightest um, people for these, these secret projects working on anti-gravity. But they've been at a long time. And you sure would think that something would leak out or we would see um, them try to implement it in some way, right? Like, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for?
1: Yeah. uh, Valid, valid questions. And I think... The, I don't know. I think the biggest thing to me comes from, I don't know, like worldview, where, you know, you can look at it and say, oh, well, you know, if you've developed this technology or you've made strides in this, why would you not release it and apply it to the world where everyone can use it? Like, that's one worldview. Then there's an extremely, Pessimistic conspiratorial worldview where, okay, we've we've achieved this. Now, how can we monopolize this and use it for our own gain? Mm-hmm. So I think I don't know. You can look at it and say, oh, they must not have you know made strides on it yet because there's there's no practical applications or go out! and they have made strides out in there they're gonna use it for something nefarious
0: yeah that um blue beam which exactly is crazy that that that's been out that idea has been there for a long time and all of a sudden now we're starting to hear about it and it's co- you know corresponds with all this uap ufo stuff which never used to be taken seriously and right. now it's coming out I mean we got videos of and you you see the videos of these little these craft and I can't help but think like the the Tesla UFO I mean really yeah you've seen the ones like some of the, the they're just a little orb a silver orb flying along um and they're just tracking this thing flying in a perfectly straight line and all of a sudden like some of them will just boof, dive into the ocean or they'll come out of the ocean and uh, take off and fly off. And you have eyewitness accounts of all these fire, fighter pilots, people seeing things on um, radar, uh, just moving exactly like a bunch of people have talked about way before. Um, before now. I mean, for decades, people have been talking about there's craft that defy the laws of physics, um, move at incredible speeds, accelerate just beyond what anything a human being could withstand, uh, trans medium craft in and out of the water. Um, it's, that's exactly what we're seeing now with these videos. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's weird. The, the, the timing of it is all pretty, pretty odd. So I do think they're gearing up for something.
0: Yeah. But, you know, as far as this being a recent phenomenon too, it's not. People have seen very similar things for hundreds and maybe thousands of years too, you know? Yeah. There's eyewitness accounts, tons of them, just tons of them of, just bizarre craft coming out of the sky and flying around. Um, creatures inside of the craft, people can see them. Um, uh, I don't know. That's man. That's <laughs> I'm trying to remember who I was listening to a podcast. They have the it's the Brothers of the Serpent podcast, <laughs> but they go through just like six, eight different podcasts, multi hour of just accounts (laughs) throughout history of people seeing things, and they all are very similar. Hmm. You know, bright lights in the sky, bouncing around zigzag patterns, just moving at incredible speeds. Um, It's almost like it's a, uh, if it's not aliens, we're not something else. It could be some sort of defect in the human mind or similar you know hallucination that right. is just inherent in our minds it's, that's what we see when we hallucinate or we're in the right mind the, the right state um i don't know it's it's been bothering me for quite some time
1: i love that with as conspiratorial as i am and pessimistic as i am <laughs> aliens is just too far for me.
0: Yeah, that is good. You just like, when it gets to the, the upper atmosphere, it's just... <laughs> no. <laughs> Everything else.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it always, I don't know. It
1: just, oh, sorry, what were you
0: going to say? Oh, just it, with it being like a hallucination or something that's fundamental to human beings, there's always always a tie in with people feel like they're being watched, right? When they see these things, they feel like they're being watched. And a lot of them have an experience of being in contact with God or a higher power. It goes hand in hand with seeing these things, which makes me think it very well could be some sort of hallucination. Um, yeah, I just wanted to get that out there before I forgot. But
1: what if it's you know I don't know like an encounter with like a angel or a demon or something?
0: Well, that's exactly it. Um, and you say you don't believe in aliens, but what if what's being just described to us as aliens and demons and higher powers are in fact aliens? They're the same thing right i mean whichever way you want to go on that whether they're spiritual beings or physical beings from somewhere else what difference
1: does it make yeah um, uh, i think it makes a big difference okay whether it's something that like because so if we're going to go that route then like one of those things would need to exist right Mm-hmm. so i mean the other one does not exist
0: mm, not necessarily
1: I'd, so, so you're saying that it could be one or the other or both? Yes. Okay. And how would you know I, the yeah, difference? I mean, like if I encountered one, I mean, I guess you probably wouldn't know. It probably depends on what your worldview is.
0: Exactly. That's that's what I think. Is if you, um, let's say you had no technology. You were living 4,000 years ago in the Assyrian Empire uh, and you saw strange lights in the sky and perhaps had an encounter with something. What would you call (laughs) it? If It was just a uh, technologically advanced creature. And where do you draw the line between technology and you know, magic kind of like we're talking about with Tesla's it's something you completely don't understand. Um, you know, it could be, I mean, it's just go, if it's a space faring civilization that's been around for 500,000 years can trans, you know, fly across the galaxy. I mean, they could live forever. They could be merged with machines. They could have any kind of technology you can imagine basically. I mean, they would, in all, all of our descriptions about, let's say, an angel, they would be indistinguishable,
1: right? Uh, I mean, I don't think, like, angels and demons and stuff would, like, need a vessel to travel in. Right. So, you know, I... I don't know, because to me, I mean, if you, if you've looked into or like the studies like they've done on like eyewitness accounts, or I mean, if you've had, just read anything that's had multiple eyewitnesses, and rarely do they give the exact same thing, right? There's always like mm-hmm. some sort of difference, which is, I mean, partially based on on worldview, so. For instance, now, you know, where we do have quite a bit of technology, you know, we might explain something that we see as, oh, that must be a spacecraft or, you know, an unidentified flying saucer or whatever, Uh, when it very well could be, you know, I don't know, an angel moving around, a demon moving around. Mm-hmm. Could just be nothing. It could be, like you said, something with their their brain. <laughs> and know. which,
0: if that's the case, it, it it's like a continuum. It could be any of those, and it still is a real thing. In uh, at least, according to people who see it, right? I mean, I I could go either way. I could believe that we're just seeing these things fly around and we think they're technological because like you said, our, our worldview is based on technology and we can understand, we'd be like, well, we could do something like this. If we had an anti-gravity device, what what we could really be seeing is like a a fragment in our imagination, or it could be an actual spiritual thing, right? Like, and we could just be calling it a spacecraft because you know, a lot of accounts uh from back in the day, they would see things flying and they would say it's a, a sail ship, you know, a wooden <laughs> sail ship flying right. through the air. Because that was their you know, that was their conceptualization of technology. Um right. there's some bizarre stuff, man. Like <laughs> uh as far as people seeing the same thing though, I love how this went just crazy U-turn like. <laughs> Car crash just yeah. interdimensional beamed up to another dimension. But uh this have you heard of this Verahana Virginia uh UFO incident? It's V A R G-I-N-H-A uh Vera I can't say. no. It uh supposedly happened nineteen ninety-six in Brazil and a UFO crashed. Um, let's say three, three women, uh, saw the crash creature came out. Um, the government came in and took the, uh, took the creature to a hospital. And people were saying, and there was just a terrible stink. Uh, the guy who actually picked it up ended up dying of a, an infection, um, yeah, it's <laughs> that's a hmm. a pretty pretty crazy recent thing. I think some guy just uh, made a documentary on that, but where he interviewed um, interviewed some of the eyewitnesses. But and then there's there's another one I think in Africa where uh, something came down and landed, and creatures came out. And an entire class of school children saw it, um, and all described essentially the same thing um I mean what is that it's not nothing
1: I don't know I haven't researched any of that but yeah I don't know as far as like stuff actually landing I don't know man it could be
0: could be uh project bluebeam testing it out I mean who
1: knows but It could be. It could just be a planted story.
0: It could be that as well. It wouldn't be that hard to, you know, fake an event, go interview some people, get them all on the same page, and then stage
1: something. You didn't have to interview anybody. You just say you did. If you wrote it in an article, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just write a little bit of fan fiction and so We have an alien story, and it's especially for like the western world you know whether it's like europe or america you know those those countries are far enough away that you know people just be like oh that's crazy and they won't think nothing of it hmm. that i mean that's
0: true or you know yeah just think nothing of it and then these stories saturate us so much that we're just not surprised anymore something really yeah goes
1: down just desensitizing people, predictive programming.
0: Ah, oh, man. There's just too much. There's too many <laughs> angles. The variables. There's too many variables. You just get lost eventually. Yeah. But this. Uh, so this Vera Hanya incident. The uh, this guy made a documentary. It's called Moment of Contact. Um. Let's see read a little bit of it this is in the new york post actually uh which i'm liking a lot with some of their recent reporting so de describes the spacecraft as the size of a small school bus but shaped like a submarine with white smoke leaking out of gas in its back he compares the ufo to a malfunctioning washing machine rocking around and jerking in the sky D'Souza says he ran to the side of the crash and saw a piece of metal, like thin aluminum foil spread across the field. He said he picked up a piece of the metal, crumpled it in his hand and let it go. At which point it returned to its original shape. Uh, immediately afterwards, he said the military showed up and soldiers ordered him to get away. And then hmm. seven days later, two sisters were walking through an empty lot and spotted a creature eight feet away. Um, Passing in front of the uh, by the graffiti, it caught my attention. It appeared to be suffering from the heat. Uh, one of them screamed. I looked into its eyes and saw that it was frightened. Um, I saw that it was afraid of us. And big eyes, red eyes. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. It could just, that's, you know, that's like mass psychosis, too. If you hear that there was a quote-unquote alien spacecraft, you could be primed to see a freaking feral dog or something and think it's an alien, you know, especially if you're kids. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't... It's a lot to... lot to digest that's for sure
0: yeah you can dig really really deep into this too and you know it's is it a waste of time i'm not sure it probably is <laughs> Just cause i don't know if we're ever gonna know but if you really want to get the uh the full aliens are real propaganda and some great stories too i'd highly recommend that um Brothers of the Serpent podcast, they have like eight parts on UFOs, but just a bunch of uh, eyewitness accounts for basically over the last couple thousand years of people seeing very similar things. So, yeah. I, yeah, I might, uh, I might
1: have to check that out.
0: Yeah, I'll send you a link. I think they've got a a different they've got quite a few different ones of just kind of unexplained stuff to not necessarily aliens but um what the heck's the guy's name? Bramley, I think. Okay. Um he wrote a book called something about the damned. Book of the damned which isn't what it sounds like. It's not like aliens or demons or anything like that. It it talks about just strange phenomena that science doesn't and never, it's just dismissed over time. But it's a lot of, it's a funny, it's kind of a funny uh, book the way he writes it. But it uh, documents for hundreds of years, strange uh, like fish falling from the sky, frogs falling from the sky. Wow. Horses, Horses, ice blocks, yeah, just Crazy. bizarre stuff. Red rain, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. That that was. I've listened to that quite a few times. It's it's really interesting, but not that it has anything to do with aliens, but just strange, <laughs> unexplained phenomenon.
1: All right, yeah, I'll check that out.
0: Well, we've been going for like. Over two hours now because we had an nice. hour beforehand.
1: I think, we had a pregame.
0: Yeah, I think we beat the the Tesla thing to death. <laughs> I yeah, don't know.
1: We got we got quite a bit of time out of that. It, Hopefully, it was interesting for people.
0: Yeah, uh, and maybe I mean if if we get time, maybe we could dig into some of that um, those the FOIA documents just kind of read on that and see maybe if there's any pearls in that i don't know
1: yeah I'll, I'll look those up i didn't know that existed but i will i'll pull those up this week and try to dig through them
0: all right well we uh we done for the day yeah that sounds good all I'm right if you be upset if i don't You'll be upset. Oh no!
1: No, I said the wife will be upset.
0: Oh, she'll be upset. Okay, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, (laughs) taking up most of your Sunday. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do it again next
1: week. All right. See you then. All right. Have a good one. You
0: podcasts and waste of time get out of here get out of here people you're wasting your life